Star Wars 7x7, episode 339. Today, at long last, our review of Lords of the Sith. Punch it, Chewie. It's rebel-rousing fun for everyday Jedi. Seven minutes a day, seven days a week. Join Alan Voivod for today's Star Wars 7x7 podcast. Destiny Unleashed. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and feeling a little bit guilty here because uh, there have been a few birthdays that we've missed celebrating, and uh want to make sure that we catch up on some of them here. You're sweating. Relax. Well, you know how it is when you forget somebody's birthday. It's like a little awkward and stuff like that, but uh, we're going to catch up this week. Uh, back on uh, June 3rd, uh, we missed celebrating the birthday of John Dykstra, who, uh, you know, we don't do a lot of behind-the-scenes folks, but we're actually going to do a couple this week. But John Dykstra, if you go all the way back to the very beginning, is one of the guys that George Lucas hired to work on the original Star Wars in special effects. And he is basically one of the guys behind the founding and initial start of Industrial Light and Magic and pioneered, pioneered some of the special effects that ultimately he wanted. Academy Awards for for Pete's sake. So um, the Dykstra Flex cameras and all this crazy stuff. And if you read the Wired magazine issue with the oral history of ILM, and we actually covered it in a podcast uh, last month, by all means, check that out because it is a pretty amazing story. Although it is a shame that uh, um, Dykstra got involved with Battlestar Galactica and there was a big you know lawsuit thing uh, with Galactica or uh, Universal Studios suing Lucas over stuff. And so um, Dykstra, I guess, being allied over there, Lucas didn't invite him back to the Empire Strikes Back. At least that's what the, uh, the story goes like on Wikipedia. So... That's too bad, but uh, anyway, we've got a debt of gratitude to owe him for all the work that he did in the original effects on Star Wars and in getting ILM up and running. So congratulations to you, John, and hey, happy belated birthday, too. All right, let's see what we've got going on in life on Tweedoween. I don't like sand. Oh, does he like sand? <laughs> Still the worst Yoda impression ever. Anyway, <laughs> this tweet actually comes from Darth Vader himself, David Prowse, with the uh, very simple and direct tweet caption. This, and it's a picture of a Darth Vader action figure holding up a Darth Vader Lego figure. And it puts me in mind of those uh, ones that we've probably all seen with the uh, Stormtrooper action figure and the Stormtrooper Lego minifigure. And, uh, hey, put your caption on it. We've got the photo at the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com. All right, let's see what we got in the swag bag today before we get to this episode's force feature. Lucky, lucky, Santa. Okay, what we've got here is a t-shirt, but it's not just your garden variety t-shirt. It is done by artist Jeremy. I'm going to botch the pronunciation. Sorry, Jeremy. Sniatekis? <laughs> Sniatekki. Um, and it's called Fet Rising, and it's kind of a cool color-blocked thing. It almost has like an 80s Miami Vice kind of color block feel to it. I'm probably not even close, but it's almost like a palm frondy thing on it that made me think of it. But basically, it's Boba Fett using his jetpack to get out of the Sarlacc pit. And you've got the two sons of Tatooine and Jabba Sail Barge in the background. And it's worth a look. It's kind of cool stuff. And uh, the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. And hey, Father's Day is coming up, so you gotta pick one up. You gotta pick this or something else <laughs> so even if you click through and you want to check out something else um, from thinky then by all means do and with that we are going to dive into our force feature 
So the way I've been looking at the novels, and I'd love to hear how you've been looking at them, let us know at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. But I've been comparing them and kind of ranking them since we don't have that many to rank yet. So we've had A New Dawn, the Rebels-focused book. We've had Tarkin, the Tarkin-focused book. Uh, We've had Heir to the Jedi, the Luke Skywalker first-person narrative. And now we have Lords of the Sith, which is all about the road trip that Vader and Palpatine go on. And right now, after reading Lords of the Sith, I'm sitting in third place with it. Uh, Behind A New Dawn in second, and behind Tarkin first with Heir to the Jedi last. Now, that's not to say that I disliked it by any stretch of the imagination. I, in fact, enjoyed Lords of the Sith a lot. I'm not, you know, as I've said before, I'm not an Imperial fan per se, so I gotta admit that as I was reading the parts where Vader and Palpatine are getting into some hairy fights, I was hoping (laughs) that they would get taken out, and of course they did not, and of course I knew that they wouldn't get taken out because they don't get taken out until the end of Return of the Jedi, so obviously not, but it's a credit to Paul Kemp and his uh, stellar writing that I actually had moments where I thought they were in jeopardy enough that the outcome was in doubt. I was able to suspend my knowledge, as it were, which is a harder thing than suspending your disbelief. And that ties into one of the book's main strengths, which is that Paul Kemp writes some seriously thrilling, action-packed material. I would say roughly 30% of the book is concerned specifically with an attack on the Star Destroyer Perilous and the after-effects thereof, from the actual attack itself to ultimately Vader and the Emperor landing on Ryloth. So that's about 30% of the book in one big chunk that this all takes place in. And definitely breathtaking roller coaster ridey stuff. And he manages to fit in some character development too amidst all the action, and we'll talk a bit about that during the course of the week. But in the meantime, we'd love to hear what you thought about Lords of the Sith. Let us know the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com. Hey Rebel Rousers, did you know the average American eats 600 calories of snack food a day? The nice people at NatureBox have a plan to make us all smarter snackers with tasty, nutritionist-approved snack boxes sent right to your home or office. Go to SW7X7.com slash NatureBox to sample their snack selections and use code SPECIAL25 to take $5 off your first order. Alright, let's do that trivia thing. Dangerous and disturbing this puzzle is. Last time we asked you where the Emperor told Darth Vader to go to wait for Luke in Return of the Jedi, and that was the Sanctuary Moon, or Endor, we will accept Endor. Today's question, what noise prompted C-3PO to wander off in Cloud City? Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of Star Wars 7x7. If you like nice men, leave me a great rating or review on your favorite podcasting app. It makes a huge difference in the life of a brand new podcast and helps me get in front of more awesome people like you. And don't forget to go to SW7X7.com for show notes and swag, plus our Star Wars breaking news Twitter feed. I am not a committee. I am Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2014 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it!